Welcome to episode 168 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I am Sarah. And I'm Rob. How are we doing, Rob? Uh, Hot. Hot? It's a hot day outside. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, it is, uh, it is like a blast chiller here in the studio. That is correct. So I was a little confused by that, but, yeah. uh, but you're, you're correct. It is, uh, no, pushing 90 some degrees here. And, in, uh, and it seems like we're not the only ones. Like, Texas is ablaze. Literally, London is ablaze right now. Uh, the UK is ablaze. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we've talked, I've talked to a few friends down in Texas and they are just cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you see the video about the UPS driver who passed out? It was a door cam, like a doorbell cam. No, I didn't. He walks up to the door, sets the box down. And as he's leaning down, he literally just kind of collapses next to oh, a chair. No, takes a few seconds, lays back, like tries to figure out where he is, and then gets up. Finally, dings the doorbell and stumbles back to his car. Oh or no! Truck. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's it's bad. Okay. I, yeah. I hope everybody's doing okay. Like it's bad out there. Oh, so. man. Well, stay cool, everybody. Yeah, do the best you can. Hydrate. Hydration is important when yeah. you're hot. Yeah. And, and cough, coffee and Mountain Dew do not count. So gamers are bad at hydration by default. And I'll tell you what, especially for, for our friends across the pond over in the UK, yeah. too. Uh, I know you guys have been dealing with uh, – I, I don't know what it comes out to in Celsius, but it's – uh, terrible I, at I, I, I ran I ran the, tri- the, 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 uh, the, the, the conversion, and it's like 107 Fahrenheit there, which is like – We're not even making jokes about that anymore. It's not mm-hmm. like – Oh, you guys have to deal with a little heat. No, no, seriously, that is dangerous heat. Please stay safe. Yeah, uh, you're you're well over what a bo- human body should be able to manage. Yeah, exactly. You are you are above like f- dangerously feverish temperatures outside. So, and to bring that into gaming terms, when a dragon breathes fire on you, it's more than 107 degrees. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, for those of you LARPers, you know, you want to go and LARP in the elemental plane. By all means, take a walk outside in your armor. There you go. And yeah, then not- ask me why your player, why your character has exhaustion after 30 seconds of combat. Knox in the live chat is saying it's like 40 to 42 C. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, so it's a, yeah, definitely take take care of yourselves uh, for for friends uh, not here in America as well. Um, we know this heat wave's hitting hitting a lot of different places. So yes. But tonight, tonight we're talking about ideal spaces. Yeah. And we're take we're taking our time with this one a little bit because. Uh, for lack of a term, this is the easiest going one that we've had. <laughs> like, we were pretty lazy about getting the, sh- the sheet together for this one even. And it was like, well, we're just talking about the things we like. Yeah. Sort but, of. Man, we we walked in ready for this. So we've we been, did. We've been gaming for both in excess of 25 years. We've all had over two and a half decades to dream up our ideal gaming space. Yeah, yeah. And, like, for me, I can tell you it's morphed. A lot. And not just because technology has morphed and not just because, like, things have changed around it, but, like, around the gaming space itself, but, like, just my perception of what it would take to have a comfortable gaming environment. Yeah, absolutely. For for my players and Mm -hmm. for the type of storytelling that I do. Like, I look at, like, the ideal spaces, because we can do that now. Like, we can actually get an image of what, what some people get to do. I mean, you know, Critical Role... For whether you oh, like we'll, them, or, we'll be talking about whether them you later, like them yeah. or hate them. Had the money to do something, yeah, absolutely. and they did something. They did something. Yeah. Now, granted, that's also a set. Yeah, it's it is a gaming space, but it's a set. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. it's lit a little differently. It's designed a little differently with that in mind. Whereas when you're building it for yourself, and and you know we have all these different gaming table manufacturers and designers and things like that that build these these parts of your space. Mm-hmm. But there's still just the space that wraps around it. Like, yeah, you can get a great table, but like, what else goes in there? Right, right. So, uh, so I mean, I, I guess I do want to kind of start off my my end of this discussion just by kind of saying, like, uh, first off, like, d- does does extra stuff actually make your game better? You know, uh, and and I think the answer is both a resounding yes and a resounding no. I would agree with that statement. Uh, like, for, I mean, first off, it's it's not necessary. Certainly, like people have been running great games with nothing more than dice, paper, and a case of Mountain Dew for like decades, right? Or or less than that. Yeah, way less than that. Uh, so you know, you you don't need. I mean, any of the things that we're describing tonight is is definitely not on the. You must have these things to be a good storyteller list or anything like that. Like none no. of this stuff is ever necessary. The, this but show like, is completely exempt, exempt, <clears throat> extemporaneous. 
extemporaneous. What extemporaneous? Thank you. I think That's the word. word yes. I, I need more water. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Heat Singh, for that in the live chat. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a gif of Brad Pitt pointing at a uh, at a map that is largely red, going. The forecast is we're all going to die. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I don't think we've reached the state of. Uh, of uh, uh, of having the uh, the the Death Star come by and go, no, you've already done this to yourself. I'm I'm moving on. Yeah, <laughs> like this, yeah. this planet is gone. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it isn't necessary. But there are things that do count and do make comfort. Right. But like, I'm, yeah, I mean, heated seats in your car aren't necessary either. But who doesn't love a good set of bun warmers? You know. I'm gonna disagree with you on that statement because it depends on the situation and how long you're going to be sitting in that seat. Okay, that's maybe fair. Because I will tell you that there are truck drivers who drive certain routes who say, you're wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's the whole point is that what I want for my gaming space is not going to be what you sure. even remotely need for yours. Sure, sure. Now, let me let me ask you this question, too. Okay. Do you feel that extra stuff like this can make your game worse? Yes. I definitely think it could. Okay. Um. I think there's I, – I think you, you add a sense of distraction mm -hmm. when there are too many things. Yeah. And too many possibilities. I mean we, we've seen this with the, the give people too many choices, anything more than three, and things start getting confusing. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think the same goes for put too much in the space and their eye wanders. Now, granted, that's great for like Disney World mm -hmm. or, or you know Universal Studios or any of those types of things where you want the person's eye to constantly wander so their brain is active at all times. Vegas did a great job of this by removing every single clock and making everything blink, flash, or reflect. Oh, God, yeah. Like that—that's the truth. Like the part, pat from everything from the patterns in the carpets, from floor to ceiling, and then everything in between has to have some kind of a of an effect that looks like it's moving, mm -hmm. so that your brain never stops having to process all that. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, for me, uh, like there's there's a certain amount of uh, like accessibility issue as well. Um, oh, without a doubt. So, like, for instance, uh, uh, I would love to use, like, the sound of rain to make weather events more immersive. Um, however, one of our players is hearing impaired. Agreed. And uh, putting a white noise generator, which is essentially all the sound of rain is, mm -hmm. uh, into my scene is basically just asking for them to have more difficulty understanding what is actually going on. Uh, so I've refrained from things like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're it's it's already like part of the routine of setting up the game is to sound check with this particular player to make sure that my music is at an appropriate volume, not to what I think is good, but to what they think is good because they are the one with the hearing impairment. If I'm flooding their ear, their hearing aid, then I'm not doing anybody any good. You know, right? I can imagine trying to add even more sounds in on top of that, just overly complicating matters and whatnot. Yeah, and I, I, I think that there's something to be said for the constant use of audio versus a splash of it here or there. In Mouse Guard, yeah. having, like, a bit of a bird sound mm -hmm. is enough to make you concerned. Like, is that a predator that I have to be worried about or something else? And and or, like, a, fl a crash of lightning or something flashing can sometimes be nice, but if it's constant, it's enough that it can be a distraction. And I, I think that's what's neat about some spaces and some effects. Um, uh, I'm trying to think it was uh, one of our one of our uh, Discord members um, uses uh, – has a quick board for being able to just punch up things. Oh, I think it's Draven. Yeah, Draven. That's right. Yeah. And those are the kinds of perfect things where you basically got a soundboard to be able to do a quick sound but nothing constant mm -hmm. or switch something up. And I think those are where that really comes into play. And again, mm. that's a, a perfect thing to put into a permanent setup. Yeah, Stuff absolutely. like that is hard to move around and get reconfigured right. Yeah, and then that's, that's I think, like the, 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 the big sticking point for me is that I think most of the stuff would require a permanent gaming setup. And usually we game over here at your place. Mm -hmm. So and and we we game in essentially your your dining room, kind of. Yeah. So uh, so, you know, pr putting a permanent setup in there is you know kind of like putting it in your dining room, which is a little weird. Yeah, I um, mean, the space is used for a lot of different things besides dining, but that's the whole point: is it's designed to be redesigned when I need it. Yeah. And that kind of stuff doesn't work into it. I think the other aspect of that, which which we kind of take for granted is the fact that is it distracting for the storyteller yeah you have to do all that yes but i mean especially if it if the stuff isn't functioning as needed like at, on a one-touch basis you know right um 
Like, I specifically remember uh, uh, a, a while back when uh, Sean was running a D&D game, mm-hmm. um, he had this really great idea to uh, bring his laptop, mm-hmm. and he was running Fantasy Grounds uh, VTT yeah. mm-hmm. on the laptop, hooked that up to an overhead projector, mm-hmm. and was projecting the combat map down onto a whiteboard. Yeah, I did that for a little while, too. I, I, I tried that out. Mm-hmm. But um, what happened? But, well, what we found was is that... Uh, Basically, Fantasy Grounds is an immensely complex VTT, yes. and unless you are essentially fluent in using its controls and whatnot, um, it's very fiddly. And so, whereas ordinarily, you know, you would just drop a board, put some terrain on it, put some minis on it, and we're ready to roll some dice, mm-hmm. there was like upwards of 20 minutes sometimes if the laptop wasn't cooperating mm-hmm. or Fantasy Grounds wasn't cooperating or the or the, the uh, projector wasn't cooperating quite right or whatnot, where... It broke the flow of the game, and the players are just kind of sitting around going like, okay, uh, we're, we're trying to get into combat, but we don't have, you know, yeah. technology's I mean, not working for us at this point. During COVID, I, I'm, I'm certain some of our audience had to deal with the fact of trying to play online games with friends. Yeah. Like, and that's one mm-hmm. game that's totally managed by somebody else. Yeah. That you're literally just trying to get into, a, like, a lobby for and connect to. Like, this isn't a one-person show trying to run everything. Well, yeah, you had those problems with uh, Tabletop Simulator. Oh, my God. You know, where, like, half of your map wasn't showing up for us, you know? I had no idea that that wasn't the case. So, I mean, you know, all this technology sounds great. Like, oh, man, if I could just get all this, this thousand, you know, two thousand, three thousand dollars set up, everything would be Jake. Uh, But, you know, sometimes it's just, it's just not. No. You know? No. Sometimes it overcomplicates the matter, and... You know, that's one of the big reasons why, like, I, I love doing uh, miniatures and traditional terrain, like, out of foam and, 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 and glue and stuff like that. Uh, because that'll never crash on me. Worst case, it'll break. Yeah, worst case, it'll break. And you just um, substitute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not exactly. That. And substitution is literally like, you know, that Kleenex box will do. <laughs> floor hammer. Good yeah. old floor hammer. Yep. 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 Exactly. Uh, and and the, it's those kinds of things. It's like that's what made Battletech work really well in the early days was like a grid is a grid is a grid. Yeah. Like we can just move on and, and keep going. We can draw it at worst. Yeah, exactly. And I've done that a few times where I've just literally pulled out my, my quick map, drew something in, like whatever, let's keep going. Yep. So. Yep. And we talk about the physical space itself and, and what we're thinking about, but wrapped around that space. Like you say, we dine in my di- my dining room, effectively. Uh-huh. We, we came there. Next to my dining room is other things. There's the kitchen. There's the, 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 the outside, which actually was a direct distraction, was the door wall, the, the one night that I had a game, where literally it was like, is that a horse-drawn carriage going by your house? Is that, is that, a, is that a funeral procession it with was. a horse-drawn carriage? Yes, it, it was. It was, and it just seized the game. Now, I thought it was cool and everything, too, but like at the same time, it's those types of distractions. I mean, of all things, to have your game derailed by. Um, yeah, yeah. But and I was fine with that, like yeah. totally one hundred percent. But still, it's it's those types of things that can definitely throw things off. At the same time, like sometimes you need to step away, mm-hmm. and having a hard roomed space with no windows and no distractions is awkward. Yeah, for, for extended gaming when it when it's not your turn and you're literally just sitting there waiting. Yeah, what, it, it, what do it, you do? <laughs> the the name of the game is Dungeons and Dragons, but the goal is not to make your gaming space feel like a dungeon. You know, I mean, some people probably do. Well, um, you know, depends on the type of game you're running. That is true. That is true. How much discipline you demand in your gamers? <laughs> so, setting all that aside, yeah, we just we just put all that aside, and we really just want to talk about cool crap. Uh huh. What cool stuff are we talking about? Oh my god, man, so much stuff. Give me your short list of cool things. Like, give me five cool things. <sighs> That is on your list. Not All even right. what's on this sheet. This is just ideas. G- give me five cool things on your list. I mean, okay, so I just just off the top of my head, without getting even into the into the really cool things. Sure, just um, just standard cool things. I would love like just a wall of IKEA shelves. For all of my books, like in uh, first off, we're making the assumption we have a dedicated gaming space. We have a room that's at least, I would say, uh, fifteen by twenty. You point to it and you say that is the game room. Right. That is where games happen. Yeah, like our parents, our parents' parents, or our parents, depending yeah. on who you are, had the white room with the good carpeting and the good couches that were for guests. Yeah, you don't walk in that room. No shoes go in that room. You know. Uh, my my aunt had a room like that. There, it was a thing. Covers over everything. Yeah, we, 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 like you have a whole room in your house that you you're not allowed to walk in. What? Mm-hmm. 
why do you have a house if yeah. you are going to cordon off parts of it and not use them? Yeah, but to have a dedicated entertainment space, or in this case, a gaming space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so what goes in that space? Give me five things in that space. All right, so first off, I want a space big enough to put all of my books, all of my terrain, all of my miniatures. Okay. Rack it, stack it, Rack make it, it look stack good. It, make, it, make it look good. So I don't have to dig things out of bins. I don't have to dig, dig, dig things out of closets. If I want a piece of terrain or I want a miniature, I reach up onto a shelf, and there it is. Okay, okay, okay. I think that could get tra- get a little tricky with some terrain boards and things like that that are, that are massive, but at the same time, if you're wrapped with terrain. Sure. Sure, not a problem. Sure, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, I think number two for me is got to be uh, a wormwood or wormwood adjacent gaming table. Okay. Okay. Uh, so something that can comfortably seat eight people. All right. Now, uh, now, are you a round, a square, a diamond? What do you? A I'm a v? rectangle. Okay. I'm okay. a rectangle. Okay. Uh, okay. Typically, um, so I want three on either side comfortably. Okay. Uh, I want one on each end, me being on the on the end for, okay. the, for the storyteller. All right. Uh, very much, I mean, kind of like w- what we set up for, uh, you know, for my game here at your, mm-hmm. at your yep, place. Yep. We just You've got the two got pub a rectangular, tables. you know. you got two square pub tables that go really nicely together and, and make for that, that extended space. Exactly. Um, so something like that, but just bigger. Mm-hmm. So maybe even same proportions, you okay. know. Okay, okay. Um, but I, uh, the, the table has to have something like... Um, I like the sort of recessed, uh, maybe felt or neoprene gaming surface. In the middle? Uh, in the middle. Okay. Um, and recessed so that, like, dice can't go off of the table. Okay. You know, it's it's down at least a, a handful of inches so that it's a little bit like a craps table. Okay, okay, um, okay. Uh, usually these sort of tables have leaves of um, tabletop that you can put over the top of them mm-hmm. to cover the recessed area. So you can still use it as a dead flat you can surface. still use it as a dead flat sure. surface. Okay. Um, they also usually have some sort of trays and drawers uh, down below so that your game, your players can have their own dedicated uh, space for their own dice, their uh, tablets or laptops, um, their character sheets, whatnot, uh, a drink holder, mm-hmm. things like that. So it keeps it off of the surface of the table so that you can dedicate all that space to gaming. Because I know like one of the problems we have when, uh, when we're over here is that yeah, I might bring out a 24-inch by 24-inch gaming, sure. you know, sure. pla- uh, a space for to put miniatures on to have combat, but everybody has to, like, move their character sheets, everybody mm-hmm. has to move their dice, everybody has to move their laptops to the side, and it encroaches on the gaming space. Exactly. exactly. So having something off of the table that's dedicated for all that stuff gets it, it separates those two, and they're right, not bumping right. into each other. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I've thought a lot about this, actually. No, no, no. <laughs> I have given mine deep thought. Uh, okay, so that's number two. That's just that's 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 the table is two, but it has all this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three. See, see, the thing is, I'm at this point. I'm just describing critical roles setup. But but that's the thing is is that you had a lot of designers involved in that to build their space. Yeah. Well, the thing is, critical role. Like I've had these these things in mind for a while, and right. then critical role just up and did them. Like that's exactly the the setup I'm looking sure. for. So like you've got the good table. The next thing would be the the LED lighting. Okay. Uh, being able to alter the mood based on my storytelling. Sure. You know, I want something spoopy to happen or I want it to be nighttime or something like that. I can just push a button and change the lights in the room. Sure. And now that's all the more immersive. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I mean, if you want to go with it, I don't know if this, this, is, a, this is a number 3.5 or if this is a number 4, but they're projected effects. I think that's a 4. That's I a think four. that's a 4. That's And that's huge, but... Man, being able to, like, actually see rain, even if it's just behind me on the wall, mm-hmm. like, see the rain falling, if I'm talking about rain or something mm-hmm. like that, or or even just leaves blowing in the wind, or a, a torrential, you know, sideways gale With blowing or something like that. things blowing by. Yeah. Um, stars twinkling at night, you know. The sky effects, things like that. Would be would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and the, then... The, 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 also, the shadows from a fire... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. See, now so like I got there's it. a fire in the center, but the light, but the effects against the wall show off these shadows moving. One hundred percent. I feel you. I feel you. The last thing we kind of already have this because I've got a little Bluetooth speaker and uh, Spotify on my phone. Mm-hmm. But I would like it a little more established, like with maybe surround sound speakers sure. you know, mounted up in the corners or something like that. Um, but uh, would be you know area sound for the mm-hmm. music and stuff like that. Okay. 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 
Okay, Sarah. Sarah, okay. Okay. I think there's a lot of similarities in my five. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, for me, de- tables are definitely in it, like the design of the table. And, and having, I think the square table or rectangular table makes the best sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think it's going to have to be bigger than our current setup that I have upstairs only because it has to be able to accommodate the player side. Sure. You sure. know, basically my whole thought is that center section has to have at least 11 inches for the player on the side because you need to be able to set down at least a ha- eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper or a tablet, mm-hmm. you know, and that's. That's the thing, is that you want to have that, that fun space that are in there. So, but uh, beyond that, like, power is, is also necessary with my table. So that, because I have a lot of players who bring their phones, bring their tablets, yep. things like that. Yep. We're yep. moving more into that digital age. I don't, like, <clears throat> physical character sheets are limited to me. The other piece to to that example for Oh, there's me, a lot to unpack there. Yeah, yeah. But I think the other piece to that is that seating is important to me. Yeah, I, I want so. people to be comfortable. Uh huh. I want them to be able to not f- like, if necessary, lounge a little. Sure. You don't have to be sitting at attention for gaming. Mm-hmm. I don't. I. I think if you if you're connected enough with the game, you're there. You're with it. Um. So for me, there's that. But I also feel like as much as lighting is an important aspect, that sound is an important aspect. The aesthetics of the space for me is a whole other thing. I want people to walk into it and feel like they're somewhere else. They've removed themselves from reality. So, like, when I'm working on my space, because I'm, I'm going to have a dedicated space, like we've talked about for you as well, yeah. you know, um, in my basement, I want a little bit of a branch from reality. I want them to feel like they're either in a pub or I want them to feel like they're in a, uh, you know, a, 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 a keep Maybe a, uh, you know, a thieves den. Yeah. You yeah. know, those kinds of feels and still have the storage for my books, the storage for my dice, oh, sure. the storage for all the other things, but aesthetically hidden within this space. Sean and I have talked a little bit about that um, when we get around to remodeling our basement mm-hmm. um, and talking about doing things like uh, you've got faux wood paneling and faux like cobblestone paneling. That you oh, can yeah. Put up. Oh, yeah. Um. And then there are also, uh, like, light sconces yeah. uh, that you can put up there um, that look really nice. And then bulbs that look like flickering flame so you can have torch light. I mean, uh, the light that I literally have – I have a light post that's at my house with one of them. I know. That's how I found out that <laughs> that, that exists. <laughs> that that exists. Yes. Um, but none of our listeners know that no, – I know no. that yeah. you have that, – That I have this thing. So, but, but, yeah. but that would – when I saw that, I was like oh, – that would be so cool to put sconces up in the mm-hmm. gaming room. Yeah, because like then you can change the space a little bit yeah, and, sure. and, and make it feel a little bit different. Like one of the aspects of, the, of my space that I want to do is not just one space. Like I want coming down the stairs to, to my basement space, I want that bottom to look like you're stepping into the lower section of an alley, like uh, like next to an inn, like you're coming down to the under area. Oh, okay. So little, cobbled walls, the doorway is brick little arch. Little speakeasy sort of. Exactly. Wooden door with the little slide in it, you know, kind of a thing. I want those kind of effects because, again, I need to – I have this want and need to pull my players out of reality to mm-hmm. give them a new space to be in. Yeah. We're being mocked in the live chat. You know, whatever. Uh, Spirit Halloween sales for gaming rooms. It's okay. Okay, look, that's partially true. That's fair. That's I'll fair. accept some of that. <laughs> but again, we're dreaming. We're dreaming yeah. big. We're dreaming well. Yeah. And and we can. That's the thing. Like, so <clears throat> and so then I kind of I have to ask the question. We've got our fives down. Things like, are those the same things you thought of in your youth of gaming? That you would want to have in your space. I can tell you one of the first things I wanted in my space. What's that? A fridge. A fridge? Just a fridge. Like, I, I went back to the, like, this is our tree house kind of a thing. And yeah. it's funny how much of that fits into it. The comforts. You know, I, having drinks, having food, having the the simple creature comforts of, of that space, you know? Maybe, okay, so I'm... I say maybe I'm spoiled. I will admit I am severely spoiled uh, because especially when I was living with my parents, um, my parents uh, took a little bit to warm up to the idea of playing Dungeons and Dragons. They were they still had that, that sort of tail end of the satanic panic mm-hmm. going on. Um, 
But uh, when they kind of realize that, like, no, it's really just me being a, a, a big nerd with a handful of my friends who are also Plain big nerds. And, and really nothing harmful is coming out of it. In fact, in my, you know, uh, late teens, early 20s, when a lot of other kids are out there, you know, mixing it up and, and going to parties and doing ill-advised things, I opted to spend my leisure time at home mm-hmm. with my friends. Mm-hmm. In the house, yep. doing a group activity that yeah. we all clearly enjoyed. Yeah. That also sparked my artistic talents because I was painting miniatures at that time, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what my parents did was uh, decided that they wanted to encourage this. Yeah. And so we had a fridge in our basement that was quite literally right next to our gaming table. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, my parents would just keep it stocked with, like, Pepsi and Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. They would, you know, when they went out to Sam's Club or Lowe's or, or not Lowe's, uh, uh, what was the other one? Sam's Club or Costco, there, yeah. There was before Costco, there was another one as well. Pace? Pace. Pace, yeah. Pace Warehouse. Uh, But anyway, so when they, whenever they went out of the store, they would they would buy, like, bags of chips and stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, you know, you guys don't have to do all this. And they're like, no, no, no. You're at home where we know you are doing something we approve yeah. of. With your friends who we also approve of, if all it costs us is a couple cases of Pepsi and some and some Doritos to keep that happening, then cool, you know. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, live chat. <laughs> I'm reading this one aloud. Excuse me, I sat with your friends at lunch table at school while they did battle tech planning. Steve wore a cape at school. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's fantastic. That actually is true. That is fantastic. All of, all of that 100% is true. That yes. is fantastic. Yes. See, that's that's that's. Uh, Steve was a very different individual. Uh, I I don't. First off, I'm going to say the Capellans. To, the, to this day, couldn't tell you what was going on with that guy. Um, don't know. Don't know. But yeah, who wears a, a cape? Who, who wears a cape? The Capellans. Let's lock, just be honest. Lot going on there. Uh. But yeah, you 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 but, had that joy. But yeah, like you're you're like I wanted a fridge, and I'm like I had a fridge. <laughs> yeah, see, see, the haves was, and the haves nots. Yeah, but I mean, my parents didn't discourage me from gaming. I had people over all the time. They were very good about that. But I think they didn't realize that that was an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So at that point, but uh, yeah. So for, for me, like I look at all the normal stuff but at the same time. Like I want that entertainment experience of the space. I want to feel different in the space. You you brought it up to me, uh, and it, it's always triggered in my head whenever I bring it up, and I'll, I'll kind of flip it. Mm-hmm. You said that you one of the things you do as a storyteller is you make sure you're showered and dressed and ready for the affair. Yeah. Because dressing gets you halfway there in your mind. Yeah, for for me for me storytelling is, is, is like a like a job. Yeah. But not like in a job of like an oh I hate this. Right. You know, but but like it's a it's a professional thing for me. It's a thing that I do. And so right. I I prepare myself like I'm getting ready for a job interview because mm-hmm. I'm going to be presenting to you guys. You're going to be staring at me for four to six hours. Yep. I want to look nice. I want to smell nice. And So for me, the other part of that is the other side of that is that I want to walk into a space and make it feel like I want to be working in that space. Yeah. I want it to look and feel magical. Oh, absolutely. Me, absolutely. You know, and have all the aspects. So for my space, the, the difference is, is that like – Beyond the the structure of it, I also want to put in artifacts. Uh-huh. I've always wanted it to feel like an adventurers club, where like I have I, I've my minis are in little frames with background art and lights on them that explain where they've been from. I have artifacts from from different <laughs> games in different corners. See, so we've that... been playing a lot of Ark lately, and so when you said artifacts, I just imagined giant glowing trophies sitting up on your. <laughs> I mean. That's a possibility one can't overlook, but I played in so many different words, you know, worlds that, like, I plan on having, like, a mocked-up piece of circuitry board that right next to it has a picture of of one of my friends mocked up to look like he's standing next to a a damaged mech in a mech field, Mm -hmm. and that is the part of X thing that happened during this conflict on this planet to, to, you know, conquer. Because that's a memory that I have. Yeah. And I don't want to... I want that to be part of the space. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I, I'm going to be taking some of my LARP stuff and mm-hmm. putting it up and, and, and arting it up up there. Yeah. Because again, it's, that's part of that history of gaming that I have. Right. Right. Uh, there was a commercial, uh, an Xbox commercial, I think 
that was as you as you see these World War I think it was World War One or World War Two guys World War One guys going into like an inn and there's like a dude at a grill and he takes all their weapons and then they end up going into this pub and there's like every kind of worldly person in there. You've got World War Two people in there. You've got army veterans. You've got sci-fi people. You've got all these different things, you know, vampire hunters and crap, all drinking and having conversations. And they keep talking about Michael, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end, they're like praising Michael. Michael is the gamer who plays them. And I look at that and I flip it. I want to have that artifact space and yeah, step into yeah. it and remember what I'm doing. You know, the worlds that I've been in. That's that's the the feeling I want my friends to have. I want them to look around the space and feel ins- as inspired when they walk into it. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I absolutely see that. Like you you've got your setup more like a museum to to immerse people in yeah. just the nostalgia of gaming itself. Why not? Yeah, no, it's it's great. And and we talk about the fact that the, the difference between gaming and reality is the amount of perception. Our memories of gaming are just as real as our, our perceptions of reality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's dangerous in that sense for some people because they can't separate it because they're too 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 deep into it. But at the same time, there's nothing to say that you shouldn't accept it. You're learning things in that space. You're exploring things in that space. Keep it. Yeah. You know? Sure. Treasure it. Sure. 100%. These are these – are... Some of the most amazing moments I've shared with any of my friends have mm-hmm. been have been in this environment. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so. hell, it's it's twenty five years later. I wanted to do a podcast and tell everybody about it. You know, I mean, yeah, it's cl- it's the truth. Clearly, it means something to me. It know? is it is totally the truth. So, the other question I have for you in regards to that that kind of comes back to some of the stuff that you're saying is is that what has been your? I'm going to set money to the side. Sure, we're just going to push that off to the side. Sure. What has been the other thing that has kept you from doing it? Well, mostly it's money and space. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, money, space, and uh, I mean, there, there's definitely that, like, gripping anxiety and executive dysfunction that stops me from doing literally anything, like even the most simple task. Right. Uh, you know, of like, oh, what if I'm wrong? What if I buy something dumb and it's, you know, $2,000 down the toilet or whatever, but... You know, I mean, just money, space, and that. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I think, yeah, we could – if I could get the, the motivation, the money, and the space all together at the same time, we could probably make it happen. I mean, you did such a beautiful job with your art space now. Like, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Getting, Sh- building Sean's out the in studio with us. He says yeah. we have to finish the basement. You probably can't hear that. That is very true. That is very true. That's that's my biggest problem is, is that I have to move through every single one of my projects before I can get to the final project that I really want yeah. to do because it's literally – it's it's like painting yourself into a corner. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. it's the last corner I have to paint. Yeah, because everything else passes through it. So lumber prices are insane right now and stuff like that too. So. Yeah, but I, I I feel like there is a uh, you know it, as much as I would like to say that there's a hidden industry out there, it's not hidden. There's an industry out there for sure. building out these spaces. Unfortunately, sure, like it's so custom of how far you have to go. It's very easy for you to say I could drop, and I'm going to be very conservative here. Fifteen to twenty-five thousand on a space, probably easily. Yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen some gaming tables go for as little as five hundred dollars. A, a good kitted out table at the low end. Yeah, I've seen some high end go for almost ten thousand. Oh, so easily. I've easily. definitely seen ten thousand dollar tables. Well, the ones with the auto lift, so you could put your you could put your stuff in, yep. and then it literally lifts your 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 whole mini yep. setup up. I think yep. I'd have to say that's a bit much. Yeah, that that's a bit much. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not gonna say it's not cool, but that's a bit much. I'll tell you what, though. There, there's there's a number of things that are that are kind of on my like, they're not in my top five, mm-hmm. but they're definitely like on the list of like, man, if I could get my hands on them, the the Ferrari list, if you will, yeah. Or the, like like if it rolled by the house and the keys got thrown at me, I wouldn't you know pass it up. Exactly, wouldn't wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crackers. There you, you know, go. Sort yeah, of, yeah, sort yeah. Of, yeah. Sort of stuff uh, <laughs> is like, uh, man. I so I've always been into the terrain, into into yeah, miniatures and no, terrain. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. Ever since the beginning, uh, I remember way back in the day getting a, like a three foot by three foot piece of plywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I I put some uh like little guardrails on the side of it and stuff like that so that it would sit onto the tabletop mm-hmm. and not wiggle. Mm-hmm. Um. And I didn't know what I was doing back then, so it looked awful, but I 
took it outside and coated the whole thing in glue and then sprinkled uh, model train flock all yeah, over to it. to give it a grass texture. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you could still see the plywood through it. Sure. I did an awful job on it because I forgot to, like, paint the surface first. Well, again, you learn. You know, but it was my first It was my first terrain board. Yeah. Um, and then I meticulously took a yardstick and a Sharpie and drew a, a grid on a 3x3 three three table. Mm-hmm. Um, and we played D&D on that thing, mm-hmm. you know? So even even all the way back then, uh, when I was in college, we had you know I, mm-hmm. I, I had this idea. Mm-hmm. So I've I've always been enticed by that. Um, even long before like things like Critical Role and stuff that were popular, yeah. my vision has always been to have the sort of scenic landscapes that 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 I try to present for you guys whenever yeah. we we get into combat situations. Um, pursuant to that, if like five hundred bucks worth of dwarven forge fell off the back of a truck somewhere <laughs> yes man that'd be nice because yep. i mean i love like you know i love making this stuff like i have a whole room in my house and in, in a good portion of my basement too dedicated to putting together these cool terrain projects for you guys and stuff you have 3d printers cutters painters airbrush crap everything yeah. all yeah. of it yeah it's it's a, basically the only thing i spend money on you know i mean yeah uh, don't drink, don't smoke, don't really do much other socialization than gaming, and yeah. that's where my activity, that's where my, my, my fun budget goes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, like, some, you know, I, I love making these terrain projects, but sometimes I would just love to just, like, snap some pieces together and still get the same, like, great-looking thing, five minutes worth of effort, done and done, bosh. Mm-hmm. Like, we are good to go. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And you, you know that I've always wanted to have, like, a prefab dungeon done that I could just snap together, oh, yeah. throw, throw together a physical dungeon oh, yeah. out of parts that I have like 400 pieces of. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's you know, complete with like the set-in sconces and things like that where like you just set it in oh, the yeah. wall and it lights the up. little LED things, yeah. Yeah. yeah little, little things like that. I, you know, oh, I put this little thing down and now it's lit as well. You know, those types of things have always been in there. But that's less about the space and more about the things that go into that space, the minor things. Yeah, sure, sure, The, sure. the, the touch points, if you will. <laughs> you but know. look, having, having that stuff readily available, I think to me, is part of the space. I agree. You know? I agree. For me, the, the, the space is what you can bring to bear during a game you know <laughs> yes what's already there what you don't have to craft what you don't have to to put effort into you can just be like look it's here it's effortless yeah at a at a, a you know less than 30 seconds i can make this thing happen mm-hmm. yeah so. no no and, and 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 to be fair if you can't make it store-bought is just fine yeah absolutely that's perfectly fine it's perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with that and having a common space is the other thought. Now, there's two sides to this in my head. One is the, the the true common space because there's usually someone's place that people go to game because mm-hmm. not everyone has big houses. Not everybody can afford the spaces. Not everybody you know, is in the same place in life. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times there's a common space that everybody can game in. And and or work in just because it's a good it's a good enough space to do it. Sure. And like my space works right now, and I I think that's great. I don't mind it. And I don't even wouldn't even mind using like once my space my actual space is finished, having it be more of a common space. Sure. Definitely wouldn't mind that at all. Sure. But the real question is, if there were common spaces, mm-hmm. let's say it costs you five dollars to reserve it, and it's you know twenty five dollars an hour or fifty dollars an hour, okay. and all of that technical stuff, the table, everything is included. Basically, if we get to rent out Critical Role's studio, sure, for, for everything 50 from bucks like an hour. a relatively basic space all the way out to a fully kitted out fifteen twenty five thousand dollars space, and it just it ranges from twenty five dollars an hour to seventy five dollars an hour. Let's say, okay, would okay. it be worth it? Would you do it, or is it not personal enough? I would know. Well, first off, I would give some real serious thought to it. Okay, uh, I don't. I don't think personal matters to me that much. Okay. Um, I don't have a problem going someplace else to. I mean, I already do go someplace else. You to do. Game. You I do. Mean, I, I run my games at your place, mm-hmm. and I have for a long time, just simply because our place is a, shall we say, more intimate environment. Uh, in that we have two guests over, and that more or less fills our living room. Yeah, you, let alone you, having six guests over. Yeah, your house is spa- more spacious, able to accommodate. I think I'm about. Those. I'm at least twice your square footage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I've got way more square footage, but it just it happened that way. Yeah, sure. More than anything else. Sure. But and and a lot of our friends. Gaming 
Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so we we used to actually game at uh, uh, a local gaming store, mm-hmm. you know, and that I mean, space wise, I didn't mind doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem was is that there was so many other external d- distractions. The distractions. That. Like it doesn't. It to me, it doesn't have to be a personal space. Mm-hmm. It just has to be an adequate space. Yeah. You follow? No, I'm totally following you on that. So yeah, I mean, like if you could, if you could tell, if you told me that there was a dedicated room. Mm-hmm. That was closed off to the to to anybody who didn't rent it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're not going to have random passersby or kids with raw hot dogs, um, <laughs> or you know yeah. anything like that, or yeah. Pokemon tournaments happening right. uh, in the same space. That it was quiet. It was enclosed. It was professional. Yeah. That there was uh, lights um, hooked up to a stream deck. Sure. Um, that there was uh, speakers you could hook up to Bluetooth. That there was adequate table space, um, I yeah I would rent that for. I I would probably have to have a discussion with my game with my my uh, my players about uh, sharing, sharing the, the cost a little bit. Yeah. I would probably be like, look, I'm 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 good I'm good to pay it, but I'm not going to ask you guys. I'm not going to charge you to play my game, mm-hmm. but pay what you want to lighten the burden. Yeah, yeah. If you cannot, there is no shade. Right, There's right. There's never any shade. I won't disclose who, who donated what, mm-hmm. but donate what you can for the monthly game, and I will pay the difference. Yeah. And, yeah, I would absolutely use that. See, I, I, I keep envisioning the, the extended version of this as, like, uh, you know, getting one of the uh, the smaller uh, uh, furniture stores, mm-hmm. you know, that have the rooms effectively – that are, you know, a living room, a bedroom. Yeah, okay. They have them framed around the edge, and the center is just the big open pit space, right? Sure, sure, sure. Imagine you had that center space for something more like, uh, I don't know, food or video games or something like that. You know, or you're waiting for your t- your space, right? Mm-hmm. You know, your typical kind of bar setup. And then you have these side rooms, which are what are being rented, that are soundproofed. Like the Japanese karaoke spaces, yeah, and sure. like that. Yeah, yeah. Except I'm they're following. kitted out following. in a theme. Mm-hmm. You okay. know, you want the you want the the pub space. Oh, do you want the cyberpunk you, lounge, yeah. or do you want the the, yeah. the medieval pub, you know, or do you do want... you want the grassy knoll like with with a forest in it? You know, where you're yeah. literally almost on the ground. Do you want the you know? Do you want the the Asian inspired? You know, Oriental inspired for your Legend of the Five Rings game, you know, yeah, or something absolutely. like that. And you have all these spaces that are kitted out in a specific way. And catered to you. Oh, the, the captain's quarters mm-hmm. of the galley of the ship. Yep. yep, yep, would be great, man. Yeah. And then food could be brought. You know, God, I, you know, there's a part of me that's like, you know, oh, that's a great business idea. And then Is then I enough? then I, re- I remember that gamers are generally poor, cheap people. You know. I've I've gamed with enough people that like I know that high budget stuff is is a rarity, especially in this economy nowadays. Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. Like you'd you'd be a fool to start up that business, but there's but, all man, of, it would be so cool. There's a lot of fools in this world, and there's a lot of neat ways to do it. The one place that I think it could probably pay itself off the most is in major entertainment cities. Yeah, like, like Vegas. Yeah, it's true. You could do it in Vegas, you could do it in New York, you could do it in Chicago. Some place that people would travel to for other reasons, but like, hey, by the way, we're also running this game. We're going to do a one-shot. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then, of course, you run the risk of semi-celebrities, like, buy tickets to run, you know, to, to sit by sit for this GM. Mm-hmm. So now you've got $200 tickets for one of the specialty rooms that they're going to play in in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, two nights, you know, two sessions, you know. Well, I mean, maybe... Uh, I mean, Knox Knox brings up an interesting point in the live chat. He says things get weird with money. People might feel more entitled to do annoying things because they helped pay for the space. Yeah, I mean, there's always those people. So yeah, yeah. that's always going to be a thing. You know, we're just going to get you a mic next time. That's just going to happen. You realize that? You keep this up, Sean. Talking in the far side of the room is going to (laughs) happen. I just don't know what you guys are going to be talking about, so I don't. Yeah, see, this is the problem. We end up with a third host in the show. That, yeah. That's how this happens. No, it's fine. And then Vicky's going to come down here, and then we're going to be in real trouble because we're going to end up not doing the show anymore. Uh, we've been threatening ha- to do that for April Fool's for, for, for years. Yeah, to keep, keep tuning in. It may happen. It may happen. <laughs> so. Regardless, 
we do have some questions. I think they're good questions, and I think we can we can expound on them a little bit. Nevum knocking it out of the park is always 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 good questions. Always good questions. Grab one of them. All right, so we're gonna start from the top. What good and not too expensive items can be found to improve the gaming space? One hundred percent, I would say one of the best things that you can do to bring to a space is uh, something for the senses. So. If you're not, if you're already doing uh, minis or something like that, add a, another texture to it. You know, um, one of the, the the easiest things you can do is add sound on occasion in in lightness. You know, keep in mind that your some of your players may have like the basis, but just a Bluetooth speaker in your phone, you can do a heck of a lot with yes. a soundboard. Bluetooth speakers are very accessible, you know? pretty cheap. And and you can get the soundboards where it's like a bird or mm-hmm. something. And, and a lot of times those soundboards, you can program what you want in them. Dead honest, uh, like my my entire sound thing, I know mm-hmm. people talk about Sirenscape and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, They're yeah. like subscription services sure. that have all these things. But like mine is literally Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, video game soundtracks for They're me very are wonderful. a big thing. Because first off, video game a lot of video games, especially modern ones, uh, have amazing soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Um but also, like, video game music is meant – is written specifically so that it sounds good in the background while other stuff is going on. And that's precisely what you want for your game. You never want your music to overtake the game or to drive the action. You want it to supplement the action, right? Um, and so, yeah, Spotify, your phone, and a Bluetooth speaker. Yep. Super cheap, super accessible. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's 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 the one of the easiest things you can bring into the game. I think the other is, you know, you can simply up your map mm-hmm. just a little bit. I mean, it's amazing what you can get printed on poster board size, on, on poster print size at Kinko's for like five bucks. Yeah, yeah. Like I did it myself. Like go get you can. You know, go to somebody's Patreon for like a dollar. Usually you can get onto these map makers Patreons that have gridded, ready to print maps, send it off. They'll tell you even what the DPI needs to be, mm-hmm. get it printed. And now you have an amazing map for your game and yeah. it costs you like five bucks. I think dungeon draft is only like 20 bucks or something like mm-hmm. that. Like yep. for, for making your own maps and such like that. If you're feeling, uh, if you're feeling artistic, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. though, I, I would submit to you again that it is not art. It is. It is easier than art. It, it is, is a lot easier, easier than art. Sean says he printed a map on a, on a large uh, mouse pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another way of doing it. Totally. Yep. That's it's yeah. easy and it, and it is neoprene. You know, yeah. so it lasts forever and it can it can take a lot of abuse too. Yeah. The so. other one that uh, that I saw someone do uh, that I thought was a really good thing was they went and got one of the sheets of uh, of uh, uh, Plexi uh, Lexan from yeah. uh, Menards, which was like again five to ten dollars at the most. Yep. Just drew a grid on the backside of it and then just slap it over whatever art yeah. they want. Yeah, 100%. And now, 100%. You, now you've got a nice grid for that and you're ready to go. Uh, for me too, um, like small props are mm-hmm. good and uh, and inexpensive. Um, I do a lot of these whenever there is a, uh, a written bit of material, mm-hmm. um, be it a letter or you guys that actually will look for some library books at some point. Yes. Um, and so I actually went up onto the internet and found the actual in-game books that pertain to that subject from the Elder Scrolls games mm-hmm. and printed them out with like drop caps and some fancy font, mm-hmm. uh, which again, totally free as long as you've got a printer. Yep. Um, just, I just printed them out on, on just white paper. Mm-hmm. I didn't even bother doing like the tea staining thing. I tr- I tried to, and then I failed. I, I screwed it up so bad. You've never done it before. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, just something as simple as that of just like printing something out with a fancy font and then mm-hmm. handing it to them as a letter that they can read and physically touch is more immersive than just reading it to them, you yeah, know, without a doubt, without a doubt or improving it or whatever. Yeah. But again, that's that you've got a visual, you've got an auditory, you've got a feel sometimes adding a little <sighs> bit of a scent to mm-hmm. the space. Um, if you can get away with it, incense is a great way to add an essence to a space Yeah, if and you can get them in all kinds of sense. Absolutely. You know, if, if you're running like a cyberpunk game, you know, mm-hmm. get a, get a beer bottle, uh, mm-hmm. empty it out most of the way, pee in it, you know, and <laughs> just kind of sprinkle that around your gaming space. And that kind of gives you that, that like, you know, urban decay sort of smell, you know, you've got, you know, vinegar, you can get away with that. It's a little <laughs> bit easier and doesn't kill people nearly as fast. And if it spills in your table, you don't need immediately need Clorox. Please, please don't do that. That's an awful idea. Yeah. But again, having a bit of a scent sometimes can also make a difference for the space, mm-hmm. you know, where it doesn't just smell like Doritos and Coke and Mountain Dew, and B.O. you know, 
it's simply changing out the glassware you're using. Go to the go to a thrift store and pick yourself up some steins. You know, yeah, you can get a you can find some funny things that way. Yeah, that's yep. another way you can do it because you're you're automatically just giving them a different feel. And lastly, like Sarah does, dress differently. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what having your GM dress differently does to a system. It may look funny and hokey, but it totally takes them out from where they were. I've actually I've thought about running games where I would ask the players to dress up a little bit for mm-hmm. it. Um, like costume wise, oh, not yeah, totally, not, not like put on a put on a tie, but like, you know, okay, this is a this is a seven C game. Let's let's look a little swashbuckly, even let's if dress. even if it's just like a vest or a, a shirt with some you know frilly you know frilly sleeves on it or something like that, mm-hmm. or maybe a jaunty hat or something yeah, like that. Sure, just a little something. Yep. To pull your character, not not you know, I don't need full cosplay. Yeah. We're not larping. Yeah. Just just a little something to indicate your character. Yeah. You know, I agree. I agree. I've, I've thought about that. Also, the coins you did. Oh yeah, pretty printed coins. You can you can get them on uh, online. You can actually order somebody to print you up some too as well for relatively inexpensive. But you can also get them for really cheap. Like you can get a yeah. bag of gold plastic coins from like the dollar store. They make it, they make metal ones. If you're willing to put a little more a little more money into it, um, they make metal fantasy coins that are just you know some BS thing. They got like a castle on one side and a crown on the other or something like that. Yeah. You know? So um, sim- simple little tactile things make a huge difference. Yeah. So, all right. What items can be cumbersome for gaming spaces or be a distraction to other players or the GM storyteller? Uh, well, like, so immediately what comes to mind is any piece of technology that is not going to work within the first 10 seconds of you interacting. It. I completely agree. New um, technology. I, I immediately go back to thinking about uh, Sean fumbling around with the with the laptop, trying the to get fantasy grounds to talk to the projector, to talk to the whiteboard, to talk, you know, mm-hmm. and getting all that to work together. Um, mostly, it was just fantasy grounds being fin- uh, finicky for him. But yep. Um, it, any, anything that does not work within the first ten seconds of you picking it up is breaking the flow of the game. I I tend to agree with you on that one as well. My other big answer is fog machine. Don't ever do that. They, they sound like such a great idea, but I just imagine they just screw everything up. Yeah. And one of the things that that I'm always going to say to people uh, in regards to this is pretty much any prop that you don't practice beforehand with. Yeah. Whether it's technology, whether it's a physical trick, whether it's lighting, whether it's whatever, make sure you practice. It. You're doing a the- – at that moment, you're adding theatrical elements that are beyond your voice mm-hmm. and mannerisms. Practice, practice, yeah. practice, practice. Yeah, you'll, you'll practice voices. You'll practice other things. Do the same thing with your technology because it will be a distraction more to you than to them. Yeah, yeah, agreed. agreed. And that's that's going to be a thing. Now, I think from the player's perspective, I think in gaming spaces, some of the stuff that can get is when you when you allow for too much. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you set up, you know, I don't know, inexpensive tablets or, you know, you give them the ability to get connected to other things and have more devices on their table than they need. At that point, you're you're kind of itching yourself to letting them do other things, and that can get very distracting. Yeah, yeah, agreed. You know, agreed. Um, I I think that lends itself to a thing. The other thing is is and it, it I've seen it been distracting is when you set something large up and you don't give them enough time to admire and look at it. They will do it while you're trying to tell the oh, story. Oh, that's true too. You just plunk it on the table and they're like, "Ooh, ah," uh, and you're like, "Yeah," and he's attacking you, and they're like, "No, wait, hold on." They this don't even cool. say, "Yeah, wait, hold on." They'll just be like, "Yeah, let's keep like, yeah, I'll roll in a second. This is really cool. I want to see the or while someone's doing their action that other people should really pay attention to. They're not. They're looking at the minis. Yeah. They're looking at the terrain. They're looking at whatever's there on yep. that table yep. or the space that they're in, and that is a huge distraction. There's like in, in TV, you've got hold for applause, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. sometimes you need to do that with your game, especially if you if you do drop a set piece like that, mm-hmm. you know. Hold for applause. It's okay. Yeah, totally, totally a thing. Totally, totally a thing. So, uh, all right. Last question: uh, If there was one element you could add right now and freely to okay. your gaming space. What would it be? Mm. This one's tough for me. This one's actually tough for me. Let's say a brick of about what? We'll say eight by eight by ten of twenty dollar bills. <laughs> Just a brick of that sitting out there. That that would be freely wonderful for my space. No, um, I think I think for me it would have to be like a table and seating. 
Like okay. if I could just immediately have a table and seating, that would be a step in the right direction. Um, for me more so, it's like I need everything else around it to be done. Um, yeah. But if yeah. I if I had to pick one element, I would say table and seating. I have a table, kind of, I may be able to use. So I'd, I'd have to say more so seating because I think it's going to be one of the most expensive things for me to put together. So That's fair. That's fair. What about you? Uh, see, it's kind of weird because my gaming space is really your gaming space. Um, well, let's go back to yours. But like, I mean, if we're just if we're just talking like you know this this is all in the fantasy world. Sure. Of just the, this thing that I say will just immediately work and not totally be inconvenient for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would probably be the 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 uh, colored LED lighting mm-hmm. tied up to a stream deck and stuff like that. Like, I would love to be able to add that sort of dimension to my storytelling. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think that combined with the music, combined with my storytelling, I think I could really get some deep immersion mm-hmm. into into things that are going on. Yeah. And I, and I think it has to... I, when you look at your space and you go, okay, this is where everybody's sitting. This is how everything's sitting around. Now I'm going to put this effect in. Is the effect... will? Is it going to capture enough attention mm-hmm. to to do the effect that you want it to do yeah. and that's that's it's all about weight it's all especially with theatrics it's all about weight and and perspective yeah yeah and i think that's one of the hardest parts about doing anything beyond yourself mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of prep in that you know it's weird to say it but as much as we talk about the gaming space uh and how much we want to put into it I think one of the elements that we're we're missing, which is not something we can really put in, is appreciation for it. Yeah. Like, we talk about appreciating your storyteller. We talk about appreciating things like that. But, like, if someone's hosting a space and they're making an effort to make it cool mm-hmm. or comfortable or, or you know, uh, secure, in some cases that's an important thing. Like yeah, that's, absolutely. That's super important for people. Absolutely. Or quiet or, or handling other little things. Appreciate it. Like mm-hmm. seriously appreciate, especially if it's a digital space. Like if you're, if that person's taking the time to get six freaking people together online, you know, and make yeah. it all work and make sure that everyone can hear each other and that they can be heard and, and balancing things. Don't, don't be frustrated. Take a minute and appreciate the amount of energy that it takes to do that crap. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's absolutely, it's a, it's a little known thing. And I, I think that's. If I could add something freely to my gaming space, I think that would be the one element that I'd always want is appreciation. Fair enough. So fair enough. I know it's deep and, and a little bit, you know, sad in its own way, no, but I a, think it's important. It's, I think it's a good answer. I think it's a good answer. We used to we used to do the GM bribe, and I feel like we stopped. Cause sugar is bad. For us. Yeah, because like, bringing you a bringing you a thirty two on Slurpee every single game session maybe wasn't the best. Uh... I mean, once a month is now not so bad, but like yeah. every other week was a pretty bad idea. Yeah, so, yeah. all right. All so, right. what's our next week's topic? Next week's topic we're gonna is is our overpowered PCs oh my God, broke right. my game. Uh, right. So we're gonna talk a little bit about a uh, discussion that took place online that we both saw um, about a uh, a storyteller who was running a D and D game full of overpowered PCs with like maxed out stats and crazy magic items and stuff like that and what to do about it and if they should do anything about it is it you know being a fan of your players to allow them to run rampant if everybody's having fun or is it frustrating for you as the storyteller yeah i think i think when i glanced at that i was thinking my first thought was really really and then i dug into it there was a lot of people who agreed like this happens a lot yeah so well, I think this wraps up this little discussion. Uh, do you want to kick us off here? Yeah, all right. You can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time on MixLR.com slash Storyteller dash Conclave. And uh, join us up on our Discord. We'd love for you to uh, throw some questions at us to answer here on the air. Uh, you know, bounce some questions off of the other storytellers that are yeah. there on the uh, on the Discord. There's some really great discussions that happen about what should I do in my D&D game? Is this magic ba- item balanced, etc.? You can find that link on our Twitter or our website, storytellerconclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members who support us every single month, especially our named members, Knox the Box, Sam, the Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Veteran, Subject, Hulavu, and Sean. Uh... 
Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find that at patreon.com slash arcane anthems. Our intro music is Beyond the Warrior by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on Google Music. And our outro music, which you're hearing right now, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find that at freemusicarchive.org. Big shout-out, as always, to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you yep, so much for, jo- you. for loving you. us and supporting us. <laughs> thank you for Sean for joining us in the studio yeah, today. it's been kind of fun. All of our friends uh, who sat at our tables over the years give us these great stories to share with you and you, every single one of our listeners. We love you so much. Love you. Good night. Good night. <laughs>